Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's all good. This is the Unabomber version of the (laughs) Dolphins podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, forget episode number 180. It's episode Unabomber. Uh, (laughs) Hi, everyone. We kid I was doing this because Omar is winning a hoodie. But, you know, I'm going to go back to my obligatory to to Montreal Expo set, for those who don't know. Professional baseball team, Major League Baseball from 1969 through 2004 before they were unceremoniously moved to Washington to become the Washington Nationals. And no, I couldn't care less about the Washington Nationals, even though I was a huge Montreal Expos fan. As we said, welcome. It is episode 180. We're going to quickly take care of the historical look back to give it to those who like it and to not dwell for those who don't like it. Number 80, my the first go around, we recognize Farrell Edmonds, uh, who was, I think, and still is the only tight end for the Dolphins ever selected to the Pro Bowl. The second go around, we're going to go with another tight end. And a good connection to this year's team is that he played a big role in helping the Dolphins. The last time they won the AFC's title, was, was which was 2008. And I'm talking, of course, about Anthony Fasano. So hat tip to Anthony Fasano, who had two touchdown passes uh, in the next to last game of the season in a 38-31 win at KC when it was absolutely freezing over there. You you know what I remember for Anthony Fersano, um, the Dolphins traded him in a package that included Aiken Adele, who actually still lives in South Florida. Um, oh, uh, looks like he can still play football, by the way. Uh, he's in great shape. Um, and his first season, Fasano and, and um, David Martin and a couple of other like fringe tight ends, they set the franchise record for tight end productivity mm-hmm. in that first season. Um, yards, y- receiving receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns. And that was in the 2008 Dolphins era. Um, so they were a major um, component of why that team advanced as deep as they did into the playoffs. So, um, well, actually, they advanced on the AFCs. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I'm going to correct myself very, very quickly here. One, We haven't even done five minutes. I've already made a factual mistake. Oh. Uh, double check it. Uh, Farrell Evans is not... Yeah, fair, yeah, I suck. Uh, take two. We'll start over again. Uh, Farrell Edmonds is not the only Dolphin tight end to make the Pro Bowl because I'm less than double-checking right now. Keith Jackson made the Pro Bowl as well. Okay. All in right. the early 90s. Also, should that we cannot let – yes, he made the Pro Bowl in 1992. We cannot let this day pass without acknowledging today's date, which is December 30th, because it was on this date 23 years ago that the Dolphins last won a playoff game. The 23-17 overtime win against the Indianapolis Colts. Peyton Manning and the quote-unquote liquored up kicker, as Manning said at the Pro Bowl a a few weeks later when he took some shot at Mike Vanderjag, who did miss a field goal attempt in overtime, and the Dolphins wound up winning it after trailing in the fourth quarter. Last-minute touchdown pass from Jay Fiedler to tight end Jed Weaver. There's a name from the past. 
And then Lamar Smith had that crazy performance, 209 yards, including the game-winning touchdown in overtime. And that, sadly, is the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game, and hopefully that streak ends this season. What happens if it doesn't? Just massive, massive disappointment. I mean, talk about take a needle and stick it in the balloon. I mean, that would be such a massive bummer. Let me ask you this question. Let's say, and and I'm I'm bringing this to you because you you are and have always been responsible for for my permutations of of what could possibly happen in the playoffs. Because I ain't doing it myself. I'm, I'm just I I've never been that person who cared that much. Um, but I am curious, what would happen if the Dolphins end up getting the number two seed for whatever reason, and is there a possibility that they can play Kansas City in the first round of the playoffs as a number two seed? No. No. Well, yeah. Technically, technically, maybe that entails Kansas City. Flatlining. Flatlining, losing their last two games. They have a two-game lead with two games left over both the, the Raiders and the Broncos. If they lose their last two and one of those two teams wins their last two, I think they could wind up getting shut out of the division title, which would put them as a as a wild card, maybe depending on other teams, AFC South. I haven't gone through all of that. Um, all the permutations. All the permutations with Casey possibly a seven and the Dolphins being a two, but that's, yeah. I, I think it would take, I think it's possible it would take a whole lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. So technically, what are we looking at in terms of, let's just say the Dolphins are a two, okay? Let's say they're not a one. Let's say they're a two. And I, I hope that they are a one because they certainly need the rest. And I'm of the opinion that they could actually beat Baltimore. And I do, as I've said to you all along this season, much to your annoyance, that Tua has it and this is the season of Tua, and we are waiting for him to show it. Now, there's no greater time than Sunday. Yeah, that would be, yes, that would be a very appropriate time. Yes. If, I, if I, am, I, I am anxiously waiting for the arrival. So hopefully that's it, and you can lock up the number one seed and get your MVP and then become the highest paid player in, 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 in the NFL. And then we can usher on this new era of, of you know, you, we have the best quarterback in the game. Um, but Man, holy moly. Somebody, somebody's got – These are my expectations. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I mean, what were we tanking for Tua for in all of 2019, if not this? Fair. Okay. Um, I mean, you were tanking for a franchise quarterback, it, it, and it would still have been worth it if even if he's not the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL or the number one quarterback in the NFL, if he becomes – and he may already be there, franchise quarterback, it worked. Yeah. And and involving a little bit of luck because there are other teams who could have wound up picking, taking two before five. Absolutely. I mean, but we took a broken quarterback. Let's not act like, you know, we we just were got lucky. No, he was broken, which is why he got to us at five, considering we screwed up the tank and really won too many games. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't screw up the tank. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, um, did he fall at five because he was broken strictly because of the hip, or was it because of durability issues with the hip and everything else he had before? And then some, maybe not insanely, one hundred percent, totally sold on him being the best quarterback. Yeah, 
I mean, all, all of all of that is valid. I don't think he would have been taken ahead of Joe Burrow in that in that draft class. He didn't deserve to be taken ahead of Joe Burrow. And if I'm going to be totally transparent, I probably would have selected Joe Burrow over Tua if given the option and the choice. But that doesn't mean that both of those quarterbacks aren't sensational. Um, I made my choice in that process, and I didn't want didn't want Justin Herbert because he lacked that it intangible, in my opinion, or that charisma. Because you had Ryan Tannehill flashbacks when you went. Yes, yes, yes. When I when I tell you. You know, I, I've, I've spent my whole career loving to go to the Senior Bowl, and then I got to a point where it's just like, yeah, I don't want to go anymore. Um, and then I, I was sending my colleague to the Senior Bowl at the Sun Sentinel. And then for that specific Senior Bowl where uh, Justin Herbert was going to be there, I was like, yeah, I need to go. And only to meet and interact with Justin Herbert. And No, and you were there for Tua. And, and no, Tua wasn't there. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And, dude. We have the video evidence, and I hope somebody has At it. Senior Bowl? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in the combine. Sorry. The no, combine. no, 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 no. I'm talking about Senior Bowl. Oh, sorry. Senior, sorry. Okay. Senior combine. Bowl. I, I, yeah. <laughs> senior Bowl. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have flipped out if Tua was at the com at the uh, oh, flipped out at the combine. At the senior and I want. Bowl. By the way, somebody, guys, excuse me, Omar. I got to do this. Check. Try to try to find online a picture of Omar looking at Tua when he's talking at the combine. I mean, Seth, Seth sends that video out all the time. Yeah. Find you somebody who looks like who looks at you the way Omar looked at Tua at that, that press conference. It had been a long time coming, man. It had been I a mean, long time coming. I mean, it was like because <laughs> he's got this charming, he's got this charisma to him. You know it. You've seen it. You've lived it. Sure, but it I mean, that's fine. There, there are plenty of guys at the combine who have who also have a, shown a lot of charisma and and. I mean, I don't know if I've, if I've ever seen another reporter with the Google as you had. Actually, I have. Uh, there's a certain South Florida radio reporter during training camp media sessions who, who makes major Google as a tour also. Oh, okay. no names. No names. <laughs> Doesn't need to be a name. Um, he, 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 the, it, <laughs> it's funny because um, we have, we have these, we don't, we've, we've had maybe one I don't think we've ever had a private conversation together. Um, actually, we did. We just had one yesterday. But that was, um, it was, uh, and I'm not even, he was stealing Duke Riley's um, hair product. And I was messing with him about that, which was, um, he had to, and and the hair looked like, you know, because he's letting it grow out and he's doing his own thing and it looks great. And, he, you know, he was using, um, what's, the, what's the, um, the product that she has? It's a it's an actress. Damn, I can't remember her name, but she has her own hair product. Um, it's Diana Ross's daughter. Uh, uh, daughter. Yeah, Diana Ross's daughter, who's an actress. Oh, who is she? Is she is she a celebrity? Yeah, she's a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, people will tell me in the comments, and then, yes, uh, then I don't care. And and you know, bro, he's just got so much charisma to him. Um, I won't share our conversation, but. It's a charisma that just makes you want to follow him. And uh, I don't think he understands the appeal that he has um, nationally, if not worldwide. But it's part of the reason why he'll be making his first Pro Bowl and he will be um, probably be the leading vote getter for Pro Bowl. And next week, Pro Bowl comes out, right? You know what? They, they've never actually released a date for when they're going to announce the teams. The, the uh, fan voting ended on Christmas. 
the player and coaches, I think we're voting. Maybe Got to be last week. <laughs> By the way, Tracy Ellis Ross is the name. Tracy Ellis Ross's product, which is. I've uh, never heard of Tracy Ellis Ross. No offense. Oh, are you kidding me? Gorgeous woman. Uh, gorgeous woman. And let me find out what her product's name is because Tua was using it. Oh, yeah, do it fast because we're digressing with the story. Anyway, the and, bottom yeah. line is Omar loves Tua. Yes, Omar does love Tua. But most people, except for Tua Nan, already know that. To Tua Nan, I hate Tua because you, you know, can, because nobody can ever say anything. Because you can never love Tua enough for, for Tua. Yeah, nobody can ever say anything bad about Tua. By the way, um, I see the questions already about Jalen Ramsey. No, we do not have an update. No, we will not have an update probably until – why are you giving me the side-eyed side he's, he's all right. He's fine. He's good to go. Okay, Omar Omar has decreed he's fine. He's good to go. Are you, are you reporting that or you're just spitballing that? I'm reporting. It's not as serious as as it's, it's – at least I'm told it's not as serious as, it's, as, okay, as the panic is letting out. Well, the panic is you just don't know. That's – I mean, and it yeah. happens two days before – before the game. So uh, usually what happens is the Dolphins are going to fly out to Baltimore sometime this afternoon. And if there's a player who does not make the trip, will be downgraded to out. We'll get uh, a press release from the Dolphins. We're hoping not to get that press release. And then also we'll, um, we will get the, we will get the practice squad elevations. And I well, think the practice squad elevations will include this week. My predictions are Matt Skura and Ethan Bonner who will use up his last practice squad elevation. Okay. And by the way, since we mentioned practice squad elevations, a quick note here, unlike the number of IR designations that you have, which is eight, which does not change or increase in the playoffs, the practice squad elevations reset in the playoffs. You still, you still can't ele elevate more than two players per game, but even if Ethan Bonner, for example, gets elevated this week and next week, he'd still he be able to be elevated. Sorry. He can't be elevated next week. What, today would be three? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, so he reaches three. The playoffs start. His clock resets. He's fine. He can be elevated any game in the playoffs. Um, What else can we say about this game that we haven't already said? Um, I wrote a column. We, okay, we go ahead. About, I wrote a column this morning, uh, which you can find on alldolphins.com, as you know, where you can find all your work for free. No paywall, no subscriptions. Uh, you click it, you read it. Um, and Poopart's got a number of I do. a number of stories up. Um, but this morning's column is just more of a reinforcement of why I believe that this team is special. Um, the column is called what did I call the column, or what did you call the column, Poopart? Ready for biggest step in in quote unquote right direction. Yeah, um, and, and it's basically you know I've always used the Baltimore Ravens as the litmus test for the Miami Dolphins just because of how they play and the physical nature of their team and their style. Let me let me share with you my one of my favorite story about John Harbaugh, the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. This is was an owners meeting in Palm Beach. It was his first owners meetings there. And at that time, they had some local radio stations that were there that were doing live shows. Okay. And John Harbaugh had apparently gone on a local radio station, local radio station that was there in the morning and or had done an interview previously before going to some meetings. And the radio host that was there had apparently 
talk some SHIT about him once he had gotten off the air. Harbaugh had gotten word of this. And when he came out of that owner, uh, came out of the meetings, the specific meetings, I was standing, I was sitting there with, you know, how you wait around and you, you lurk around the lobbies and stuff like that. I was sitting there. The guy was on air. He went up to the guy and reamed him out in his face about horse SHIT that you said about me after I, I came and I, I graced your program. And he's like, that's not how we're going to operate here. And if that's the case, you will never speak to me ever again. And just absolutely gave this guy the business. And at that point, he hadn't coached a single NFL game. But the in-your-face nature of that exchange, to me, will always stand out. I will always remember it. And it matches the in-your-face, Debo-esque style play that the Ravens have had and utilized throughout his entire tenure. You know it. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Yes, no, I interject here and point out for those not familiar, Debo is a character in the movie Friday, like a really big menacing dude, not Debo Samuel. Just want to make that clear. Yes. I wonder if Debo Samuel is named after Debo. Hmm. Interesting question. Yes. How old, how old is the movie Friday? Oh, it's older than Debo yes. Samuel. Yeah, it's like in 993 or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't even know how old it is, but Debo Samuels, trust me, it's older than Debo Samuels. And if you haven't watched the movie Friday or the Friday series, you should. It's a it's a cult classic. Um, but Debo is the big bully character who basically, you know, you know, what bike? Um, who basically steals people's stuff and 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 just bullies everybody. And that's the raid the Ravens have played. Now, to Miami's credit, they've beaten them two straight times with Tua Tonga Valoa as the quarterback, not necessarily getting the ledger win because he didn't start one of those starts, as Poupard likes to infamously bring up when he's rubbing it in my face that QB record isn't a stat or should be a stat. Um, but... He, he the defense won the Thursday night game. Come, please. Okay, go. It, he still won the game, but it didn't. The, the defense won the Thursday night game. Please stop. He came into the game with a lead. The defense won the Thursday night game. Point blank stop, period. Go ahead. Okay. And last year's game where he pulled obviously, off. The obviously. I mean, seriously. Okay. Oh, but by the way, in that game, also, let's not forget the fact what? Two or I don't even remember the game. You're the one that keeps bringing it up all week. You're the one who just brought up the last two games against Baltimore, including two was win in, in 2021 that they stole from him because Jacoby Brissett actually was a starter. So come on, be consistent. Uh, the thing about that 42, 38 games, yeah, Tua was brilliant. Tyreek was brilliant. Jalen Waddle was brilliant. Lamar Jackson also was brilliant. The Dolphins had no answer for him. Uh, mm -hmm. But the Dolphins are much better defensively, just like the Ravens are better defensively than they were last year. So are the Dolphins. And I don't expect Lamar Jackson to go off the way he did in that game. That, like, if it's 42 38, like it was last year, I would be flabbergasted. To me, it's a game in the 20s. Mm -hmm. um, two, two tremendous defenses. Number one, Baltimore yeah, is the number one defense in the league. Yes, but here's the thing. And I wrote, I, by the way, and you mentioned the, the content on alldolphins.com for a free, no pay, well, no subscription. Uh, I did my game preview, which includes scenarios where, where the Dolphins win, scenarios where the Dolphins lose and a prediction, score prediction, which I'm not going to reveal on here. You have to go look at the story. <laughs> uh, uh, 
But one of the points I make where you could have some optimism, the Dolphins could have success offensively, is that Baltimore, yes, does lead the NFL in yards allowed per game. However, in two of the last three games, they've given up more than 400 yards. Um, on Monday night, Frisco moved the ball against them. They won the game because they got five takeaways. And in the game against the Rams a couple of weeks ago, uh, this may have been when the Dolphins were playing, I guess, on Monday night because I watched most of that game. Rams were moving the ball on the Ravens' defense. And the Ravens wound up winning on a punt return in overtime. But it wasn't, again, like they, they were stifling that Rams' offense. So that gives me confidence that the Dolphins can have some success moving the ball. I think the Dolphins have shown that they could have success moving the ball against any team and any defense. Now, um, they're not going to necessarily be at full strength um, this this week because they don't have Jalen Waddle. But that's not an excuse considering the last time they played without Jalen Waddle, they put up seventy points. Um, so and the, Bron- and the Broncos, though, you act like the Broncos are some slouch. The Broncos like- sucked when the Dolphins played them. At that time, they were a horrible team. What do I say to you all season? Anybody can get it. I understand that. If you are going to tell me that nailing 70 on the Broncos in week three, the way that they were, it would be the same thing as nailing 70 on. I didn't say the Dolphins were going to nail 70. on. I I know that, but you're you're trying, you're like, you're deflecting my point or rejecting my point that the Broncos were a complete mess. And yes, the Dolphins were absolutely fabulous on offense executing perfectly that day but they also playing a defense that was offering this much resistance <laughs> i mean it was embarrassing because you yeah they this. didn't want it they they absolutely didn't want it. they were like can we get out of here already this is yes. i mean you should have seen the comments from i'm not from, gonna deny i'm not gonna deny that they didn't want it um but i also must point out that the dolphins can't play that style right now that i mean that old line was mauling people in that game. Like they were, 20 spacing, yards. they were spacing people out. Yes, absolutely. More so than mauling. And they were getting to the second level. And yeah, and mauling people at the second it, level. Oh, come it about, on. It was about spacing. It was about spacing, oh, and, about spacing. and misdirecting. What? Go watch the replay. I and, did watch the replay. And those long runs are not because they're bowling him over straight ahead the line of scrimmage. There, there were plays where Connor Williams and Teron Armstead were 20 yards downfield mowing down defenders. Yeah, once you get ahead of steam, you're, you're still missing the point that the room was created with spacing, misdirection, speed outside. Okay. Yeah, and it is every week. What's your point? My point is, is, is get off this thing. They were mauling them. They, they were, were mauling them. They were 20. They weren't, they weren't, but okay. And we can agree to this. Okay. On those, on those pitch plays. Yes. To Achan, the, the Tua and his right-handed pitches. You're telling me the online line wasn't mauling people? The, the one pitch was like at the five-yard line. Okay. And cool. again, Omar, Omar, look at the replays and look at the amounts of, of spacing that's create was created by the motion and the misdirection. And every but, play is that way. Oh my god, it's built that way. Omar, and that's precisely my that my point. That's not mauling. That's deceiving. We have we have two Why different definitions. So 
why is that so difficult to understand? I don't know. I don't know why it's so and difficult by the way, to understand they're not a finesse team just because they use motion and deception and like they're not a finesse team. They're not. They're more finesse than power. But and by the way, for, for those who are like commenting that I'm not giving credit for the O line because I, I because I'm making the point that the quick passing game helps. I am not discrediting the O line. I'm just saying that's a factor. And Omar keeps going like this. You are discrediting the O line. I am not. Even Lewis Riddick said, tweeted out that. Uh, no wonder, no wonder you like him. Come on. Um, listen, because you know, I said, with all due respect to Lewis Riddick, I said what I said, and I'm not discrediting the O line. I am just saying that the offense, the way it's constructed, and the way that they operate, getting the ball out quickly, a lot of short throws makes it easier on the offensive line and the off if the offensive line is asked to protect a seven-step drop where you're going to ch be chucking it or pure power run straight ahead. I don't think – I don't know that why that's so difficult, my point so difficult to understand, or why everybody gets all up in – up all up in arms and goes like this and goes full Guna bomber mode, like like I'm insulting somebody. You, okay, can we attack some fan questions? You are insulting. You're insulting this phenomenal offensive line. It's harder for me to put my help my my Unabomber hoodie up because I got a lot of hair. Oh, and I got a hat on, so there you go. All right. Here we go. Let's let's hit some questions. There we go. Lionel, thank you very much for the contribution, partner. Happy New Year's, guys. <coughs> I hope you're here is blessed and fruitful. See now you're giving me your cough. <laughs> which coaches do you see being poached after we win the Super Bowl speaking it into existence like Tyreek um, I think Vic Fangio is at the point where nobody wants to touch him anymore because he's a grumpy old curmudgeon um, bad thing how dare you yeah uh, which is a good thing for Miami like you know he, he'll be here for a while I, I, I do believe I mean, you can't produce a top five defense in the NFL in one season and nobody wants to take a look at you. So I do hope that somebody takes a look and and really interviews him because I don't think he feels like he got a fair shake in Denver. Um, he, he you know, I once asked him the question of what did you learn from your tenure in Denver? And his response was, uh, yeah, don't be a head coach during a pandemic. And I was just like, noted. Yeah, absolutely noted. Well, he did have a game where he had to start. Like, what is it? What was it? A practice squad wide receiver because all all his quarterbacks were sick. Yes, rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I definitely think he should is worthy and deserving of another opportunity. If Dan Quinn can get one, why shouldn't Vic Fangio? Um, Dan Quinn. People have lined up to try to hire Dan Quinn for the last two years, and hey, he's decided that he's going to stay in Dallas and. You know, I, I you should at least get an interview if you're Vic Fangio. Um, your underlings have gone on and become, you know, big name head coaches primarily because they kind of sell themselves a little bit better than you. And trust me, Vic doesn't sell himself well. But the question and is, that, can he coach? That's part of the game. That's part of the game. You're right. That is part of the game. I haven't heard his name or read his name mentioned. It should be. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm just haven't heard. And the, the one name you keep hearing is Frank Smith. Who was mentioned with in, in relation to the opening in Carolina uh, with the Chargers? Yeah, nearly was in tears when we asked him about with it. With the Raiders, yeah, he got very emotional. That was interesting. Uh, I think Anthony Campanelli is a guy who was also mentioned as a future potential head coach. I don't think that's not happening quite yet. Uh, ass whooping is an international language, right? brother. There you go. All over the world, they speak ass whooping. That's All so over the world. 
still my favorite line of hard knocks. And like, like I said at the time, I'm not sure it's going to be topped. I mean, that was yeah. pure gold. So though, to me, those would be the, the names. You're going to hear Frank Smith. Vic Fangio is absolutely deserving. I don't think he's going to, he's going to get. You know, since we're talking about this and, you know, it is our podcast and we can talk about whatever we'd like. Um, I'm very, I watched a, um, an NFL films kind of snippet uh, about um, the, the pirate um, Texas tech. Why does that name escape me right now? Mike Leach. Uh, Mike Leach. Yes. Mike Leach. And how his offense was so innovative and everybody was stealing from it and moving it to the college ranks. I mean, to the NFL ranks. And then obviously it was filtering into the college game as well. And it literally just hit me like, bro, Wes Welker is a byproduct of Mike Leach and a disciple of Mike Leach. And a lot of the foundations and elements of this passing game is Mike Leach. And Mike McDaniel was part of the package. Wes Welker was was discussed and mentioned in the package. Um, and I was just like, wow, Wes Welker might be quickly rising up the ranks to become a head coach. Um, and, you know, you know, the, the avenue to head coaches through offensive coordinator and, and that might be his next stop. So I don't know how long he's going to be here with Miami because he's got definitely on a, a tremendous path. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No, it's a very good point you make. I, yeah, I don't think he's been a coach very long. That would no. be I remember when Adam Gates wanted to hire him on his staff. Like, like people have known that West was going to be in coaching for a very long time. Whoa, actually, really? Wow. What? I, I take it back. He's been a coach, an assistant coach in the NFL since 2017. I did not know that. Yeah, Adam Gates wanted to hire him when he retired, and he just wasn't ready or didn't want to do it or maybe didn't want to work for Gates. Um, and then and then he went to where did he go? He was it always San Fran, Houston, then San Fran, then Dolphins, Houston, then San Fran, then Dolphins. Oh, yeah, no, you're right, though. That's a name to I, I, I again, he's not somebody whose name I've seen anywhere. It's been, uh, and another name that I've seen is Austin Clark, actually, the defensive line coach. Uh, as somebody like the national outlets do their young assistant coaches that usually they do it under 40 who you know, could be on the track to becoming head coaches at some point. And Austin Clark, the defensive line coach, was at least. Oh, absolutely. When your unit has got 52 sacks, has already set a franchise record. In, not his unit, but it isn't actually his it's unit. Part, it's part of it. Well, and then and, and, obviously he's dealing with some talented players, but I don't know how much more you could get out of Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer than, than what you've gotten because those guys have been studs. And by the way, since the Dolphins are playing the Ravens, Thank you, Ravens, for waving Zach Sealer in 2019, and kudos for Chris Greer to claim for claiming him. Do you remember when he came here and was part of that? Uh, the 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 everybody we claim we're starting, and yeah. and he started and he actually helped them win the game against I believe it was the Bengals or something like that. Was it? Oh, was it the 1907 game where Tua threw a 
he like bombed to Jakeem Grant right in his hands and he blah 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 blobbed it up. Welcome to yeah. Grant's career. <laughs> um, oh, and that that was the year. Yeah, you're absolutely. I mean, they were just my lord. Were they churning that roster, and then guys would get opportunity. That, and it's funny because I, I was I was like I was so insulted by Brian Flores when we did that. Um, I am athlete interview with him, which I didn't want to participate in. By the way, I was kind of forced to, um, because I knew he was a phony fraud. Um, and I didn't like him, but I at, literally he's like. I wasn't tanking. I wasn't tanking. And I'm like, bro, you were claiming guys on Tuesday and starting them on Sunday. What the hell did you think you were doing? And well, I thought was Greer who was doing that. That was the organization. I don't give a damn. He decide who plays. Like you were claiming guys on Tuesday, starting them on Sunday. What do you think you're doing? Like basically he was kind of say, oh, well, they were sabotaging me, but I was still trying to win games. Like, like what? Like what sense does it do make? Do you doubt that though? No, I don't. Uh, I don't okay. doubt that knowing who he is. Correct. But bro, when you got hired, you knew what time it was. You knew what time it was. Well, you see, and that's the thing. I'm not sure. And, and again, this is delicate because you it could backfire if you're interviewing a coach and telling him. By the way, our plan is we're going to tank this year to try to get the number one pick. So welcome on, welcome aboard. But if we're only going to trade away your best players and then get signed players to and force you to start them. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, but that's a, that's the thing, though, is is because on the one hand you're thinking, okay, why didn't they make make sure he was on board with that? But the problem is, if you put that out there in the job interview, and the guy doesn't take the job, and the guy decides to to, to spill his guts on somebody else, you in trouble. You you are in trouble, but you're already in trouble. You already got punished. Like. Come on, man. Come on, well, man. Because they, because they took it a step further there. Yeah. With the, allegations. I, the only thing that I would, only thing that I support Brian Flores on, on the no tank special is benching Josh Rosen and not starting Josh Rosen. And I know the only reason he didn't do, he had to do that was because nobody on his team would have liked him or respected him and everybody would have quit because they would have known that, okay, you're in on the tank too. Okay. But then my question is, my counterpoint to that is because I didn't like thought it was a horrible move. And again, and I said, as I've said, it's frozen. Yes. Because you could justify playing him because, Hey, we gave up a second and a fifth for him. Let's oh, make this. He big. was garbage. Oh, Mark. Can I finish my point, please? Yes. My point is that let's give him the entire season to prove to us that he's not the guy. And then you, if you're talking about losing the locker room, sure. But how many of those guys in 2019 did you honestly feel were going to be there for the long haul? Zach Sealer. Well, how many are left? Gink, Christian Wilkins, Jerome Baker, Durham Smythe, Jason Sanders, who was over Howard. And X, and then Zach Sealer. You know, maybe you sit those guys down and explain to them what, what's going on, and you know, maybe they get it. So, anyway, let's move on to our next one. Finn Screw, Finn's RK 09. Thank you very much for the contribution. Can HN play in the slot? I.e. Waddle's role. That's a big no for me. Waddle does not play slot. So. He, do, he does sometimes. He does He does sometimes line up in the slot. Not a ton, but he's done all, it. All of them move around, yes, but Waddle is generally to the left of, of Tua Tungavailoa, and he sparingly moves. And he has moved. When, when they didn't have Tariq, they put him in the motion – and they made him the motion, and it 
and it worked. A-Chan can do a lot of things. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's got the greatest, most phenomenal hands. And I'm really not into throwing to a playmaker who and having him run receiver routes unless he's got great hands. That's why you have receivers. Um, there are tons of receivers on this team that can fill in for Jalen Waddle. Do I think that A-Chan's package will be increased? Yes. Me personally, I think that every player, I think this Dolphins team has a package of 10 plays for every player. Let's just say, okay? They've got a Robbie Chosen package. They've got a River Craycraft package. They've got a Braxton Berrios package. What'd you say? Shocking that you led with Chosen. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I led with Chosen. I purposely led with Chosen. Let me ask you this question. And you, you know I'm a conspiracy theorist. Have the Dolphins ever rushed a player back from concussions this season? No. Okay. So how did Robbie Chosen just magically? Because not all concussions are the same. That that's okay. all right. That's fair. I mean, that that's that's fair. But oh, just so quinky dink, he's your only spacer on your on your fifty three man roster left, right? What? No, 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 no. If you if you're going where I think you're going with that, what sorry, I can't play along. If if you're first of all, it's a nasty, nasty suggestion. To put out there that that what they're playing Robbie Chosen even though he probably shouldn't play. No, no, no. I'm just saying they're extra cautious in every area when it comes to concussions. This one, they're just like, all right, he's clear. All right, let's play him. I I don't think for I don't especially with the focus that would be on them. Yeah. If they rush Robbie Chosen back and and knock on wood and, and something bad were to happen. You you actually think the Dolphins would put themselves in that kind of situation unless they were told very clearly by the docs he's fine, he's good to go. Um, I am saying they haven't played a single game this season where a player comes back from a concussion the very next week, and now we're we've actually done it. Okay. It's, and it's it just around, it's happened around the league. It's not like they're the first team to have yeah, that. it's happened around the league, but it hasn't happened here until now. Okay. I, I'm not, I, I'm sorry. I refuse to go where you're going. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna tackle Michael's question over here. Thank you, Michael. Can the Finns still get the number one seed if they win against Baltimore? Sit players versus lose versus Buffalo, and the Ravens go one and one. Do Finns have that tiebreaker? No. They well, no. They wouldn't be in that tiebreaker. They would if if the Ravens go one and one. That means they win. They win at Pittsburgh, which means they would finish thirteen and four. Dolphins would finish twelve and five if they lose against Buffalo and. Spoiler and not, not spoiler alert, but let me spare you the suspense. Dolphins aren't sitting players against Buffalo if they win against Baltimore. You agree? Uh, I don't know, but I don't think that if they if they win against Baltimore, they're definitely playing for that number one seed. And correct, which I, they get I, if they win to beat Buffalo. Does that mean they might sit a specific player or not? Yeah. I think they could continue to sit Rob Hunt. Like it's like a fine dance. Um, but sitting him because he's not ready. You're not sitting him because oh, we have we have our AFC's title clinched, so let's not worry about the number one seed. Yeah, no, no, no. They, the Dolphins have been going for the number one seed since the midseason point. As as any team in the history of the NFL should, especially now that there's only one bye. Uh, and here's our thing, Michael: for the Dolphins to get the number one seed. With a win against Baltimore and a loss to Buffalo, 
that they, they need both the Ravens to lose in week 18 and the Cleveland Browns to lose in week 18 at Cincinnati. So that's that scenario there. Hey, who do we have? Whatever Poupart says. <laughs> what he said. Uh, SM Fins, I think Tua may be the type. I, I really don't even get into those permutations of all that stuff. I, I swear to you, I used to just read your stuff and paraphrase it because I, I really just didn't care. But, There's some stuff that gets complicated and um, yeah, it's I, I I don't have the brain or the patience to do all that permutation stuff. Like mm-mm. no thanks. Okay, well this one you can you can if this can. happens, then that happens, then this happens, then that happens. I know you do. It's it it's wired into your DNA. I'm like, I I would rather slit my wrist. Like I like if this happens, then that happens in this factor. And here's here's the three tiebreakers that'll 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 impact this decision. And this decision has four tiebreakers. And if these three teams, are you kidding me? Just like stab me right now. Just k- kill me. <laughs> I am what I am. What can I tell you? This mm-hmm. is a very easy question to answer. From SM Fins, thanks for the contribution. I think Tua may be the type to take a smaller contract to make sure the team he has a team he needs to succeed. Thoughts? These these are my thoughts personally. No. Um, understand that when you're at Tua's level and every level of the quarterback, your job and responsibility is to take the the position to a new height for the new for the quarterbacks that come after them. Remember when Dak Prescott had the highest paid contract in the NFL and everybody's like, oh, that's some crazy money for Dak Prescott. And then four years later, he's like the 12th highest paid quarterback. That's how the cycle works. And and while we might be looking at this and saying, man, that $50 million a year contract for Tua is crazy. Three years from now, we'll be saying, man, Tua is one of the cheapest quarterbacks in the NFL. And that's just how the cycle works. So every player has to push their position, especially when you're one of the NFL's elites. Um and it's, I, it's a nice, it's a nice thought, but yeah. Do I think that like, there are ways that you can work around it? Yes, you can give to a five hundred million dollar contract like Patrick Mahomes got, and make and help it become team friendly. You can give him a hundred million dollar signing bonus, and and really, really, really stretch out or lower that cap number. Um, Steve Ross has the means that's why he's bringing on an investor steve ross knows he's gonna have to write some big fat checks this offseason and he'll be prepared to do so which is why i think we see this investor coming on yep um steve ross just wants to win and all he cares about is winning he wants he wants that worse than you think you want it as a dolphin fan trust me he wants it he, he wants it five times as bad as you you want it Yep. Say what, say whatever you want to say about him as an owner. Don't ever for one millisecond suggest he's not willing to do what is financially necessary to try to b- bring a Super Bowl to Miami. He's like, like he's. A, I'm sure he's already said, "What do we need to do to to run this back? Let's let's figure this out right now." Um, go ahead. Ohio John, thanks for the contribution. Who has the toughest matchup in the trenches on each side of the ball? Omar, you can take the offensive line. The Dolphins. Mm. I'll take the. I'll take the other side because toughest matchup. Love the big uglies. Um, toughest matchup in the trenches. 
Uh, I'm not a big, tremendous fan of, of Van Noy, as everybody knows, or Van Not. Um, and Clowney is a respectable player, but I don't, you know, I don't think he's that dude. Um, I would have to say it'd probably be Robert Robert Jones um, with Justin Mab- Maduaki. I don't know how to say Maduike. Maduike. Ma- say it again. Tell, tell me. Okay. All right. Look at you. Um, uh, but to me, that's not even the toughest matchup of the day. Um, I think that uh, these linebackers, uh, these Ravens linebackers, they are, it, they're not healthy, but they're physical freaks and man eaters. And I think Raheem Mostert has the toughest battle of the day going all game with Roquan Smith. And they send Queen a bit. They they send Queen more than Roquan Smith, based on on my several viewings of Ravens games this year. On the other side, this is a Dolphin defensive line against the Ravens offensive line. The Ravens offensive line is dealing with a ton of injuries. They actually rotate their offensive linemen, as my good buddy Todd Karpovich told us on the Behind Enemy Lines uh, podcast we did on Tuesday, which I certainly encourage you to check out, which would have been episode 176, I want to say. We will tweet it out after this show is over. If you always got to watch behind enemy lines, because it always gives you some insight onto the team and the opponent that you're about to face that you generally won't get. So so for toughest matchup, um, I mean, Ronnie Stanley is the most pedigree guy because he was a sixth overall pick in the 2016 draft, but he's been, guy's never been the same. He's just got this injury after injury after injury for him. Uh, And in fact, they rotate, rotate him at left tackle as well. Um, their interior is solid. I don't know that there's like, but again, we Dolphins have Sealer and Wilkins. I think we're okay in that matchup. Isn't Lindstrom injured? Linder Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Said- he wasn't on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Not on the injury report. Uh, th- then I guess I could go on the right side. Van Ginkle's got a decent matchup. I think Kevin Zeitler's injured too. Yes, Kevin Zeitler's on the injury report. He's listed as questionable. Uh, but to me, if we're going to go to the toughest matchup, probably be Gink against Morgan Moses at right tackle. Um, Mm-hmm. Who's a solid player, but those guys and the, the interior guys again, they're they're big and physical. John Simpson, the guard, is like a mauler. Uh Seidler's the guy who's been around as a very good player. The center Lindenbaum, first round pick from Iowa, is a good player. But again, yeah, it's a tough matchup for Wilkins and Sealer, but those guys have been dudes the entire year. So to yeah. me, the matchup to watch there would be uh Van Nicole against Morgan Moses. Who I've always said the Dolphins should have drafted. Who would they take instead? Jawan James. Oh, was it that year? Mm-hmm. Um, more, um, let's go with Michael McIntyre. We already, we already, we already oh, this question. my bad. My bad. We'll just acknowledge Ryan Brady here. Thank you very much for, for the contribution. Mm-hmm. No, our friend Noel. <laughs> His Fangio plays in cryogenic freeze during hard knocks filming. That's fine. Yeah, I want to see more. I want more FaceTime of, for Fangio. Personally. I do too. I want to personally request that the Hard Knocks crew do a profile on Vic Fangio. I know he's going to re- resist it, but hey, I want to see how he re- interacts with his teammates. I want him mic'd up for a practice. I want to see, I hear what he says. Like, I know he's, I want his room mic'd up. I want to see him present to the team. Like, Vic Fangio's a ghost on Hard Knocks. 
And you know, I'm, I'm I know it's intentionally done, but yeah, I, I would like to see the old curmudgeon. I, I, I would. I'm intrigued. Yeah, he may. It may have been in his contract. Where he said, I I have veto power for any like any kind of NFL films production. Who knows? Um, there I was mean, one thing that Fangio has made very clear is that he's not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. Still love him. Love the dude. I know because you're like twins. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to respond to that. Jason Taylor, <laughs> JT, JT with us. How are you, JT? Offensive defensive line coach for UM. So I'm guessing it's not the real JT, considering it was in New York yesterday as UM oh my God. dropped another bowl game. But these bowl games, it's like, unless it's a college playoffs, I don't the, care. Teams are missing. Who cares? I don't care. Like, come on. U, UM hasn't won a bowl game since what? The Boise Bowl? I know. That's I've covered that. Since like, Larry Coker was the coach or something. Yeah, yeah. I oh, covered God. I covered that Boise Bowl. Like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. Okay, okay, Jason, thanks for the contribution. Love the show, guys, with the upcoming Capocalypse. Rank your priorities in terms of re-signing Gink, Wilkins, Tua, Connor, Hunt, etc. Also, who is a potential cap casualty other than Agba? <clears throat> um, let's start with the easy ones. Um, Agba. Clearly going to be cut. Jerome Baker is going to be cut or shaken down. Um, X is a very tough situation because um, uh, X definitely needs his guaranteed money. X don't work without guaranteed money, as X has shown you over and over and over again in in, in throughout his career. Um, that's probably going to be a situation where you're going to try to trade him. He's not going to allow you to trade him. And it, you're, you're going to have to rework that deal somehow, some way, because if you want to maintain having this elite pass rush and two dominant cornerbacks, X is kind of an important ingredient to that. Unless, um, unless Vic Fangio suddenly discovers feelings for Cam Smith. That ain't happening. Uh, this year, but maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. No, no, that ain't happening. Um and no, it's not happening. I've heard reviews. It's not yeah. happening. Um, uh, in terms of the decisions to make, you're going to hit, you can hit Wilkins with the franchise tag. Wilkins will not settle for a penny less than Quentin Williams got. So you're going to have to break the, break the piggy bank open and, and pay him. He, that's about a hundred to $110 million. Uh, but you're going to franchise tag to buy yourself some time. You're going to ride out Tua on the fifth-year option and probably do his deal before the season starts, just like Joe Burrow, because signing him to anything longer right now would alleviate, would would create some cap tension as opposed to relieving, create some cap tension. His cap number for next year is $23 million. I Yeah, exactly. They, and if you did a multi-year deal, it'd be... They if can structure it in a way that where it, the, the, the first year cap hit wouldn't be as egregious as twenty three million. And I don't know if that could be done, brother. Um, it depends on the structure of the contract. Uh, Connor Williams. Brandon Shore is going to earn his money. Yeah, Connor Williams. I'm sorry, he's probably going to get a four million dollar contract. Five, I'm sure people will be insulted, but he's going to be not fully healthy until like October. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, who's who's out there going to give him break the break the bank piggy bank for Connor for Connor Williams, even though he's a dynamic player. Um, 
you just signed Austin Jackson and then Robert Hunt and Isaiah Wynn, depending on what you want to do there. Um, there, those are your other options. And then there's Gink. Um, I think if of all the players, Gink is going to be the guy who goes elsewhere and signs for the biggest bag. You're shaking your head no. I don't think I, I, I am of the opinion that Gink's gonna is gonna go nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and if the question is priorities, um, well, I will eliminate. Because because the question is phrased as re-signing. Two is already under contract for next year. So mm-hmm. so I would remove him from that list. No. Okay. Okay. I forgot okay. where you stand. No, no. Carry that, on. That's not, Carry Omar, on. Omar. Yes. That's not the issue. The question is re-signing. He's already under contract. If the question is mm-hmm. what's the priority in terms of re, of doing deals, then that's a different story. The question mm-hmm. in terms of re-signing. God, that's an annoying face you make right now. Uh, Wilkins to me to me is clearly the the most foundational piece among the other five guys. All the the other four guys, all due respect, everybody else. Um, and then the other three. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, the other three you could put in a bowl and flip them up, and they're they're all important. You also miss Raquan Davis. Uh, you're going to have to restructure Jalen Ramsey. You're probably going to have to restructure um, Zach. Uh, I mean, um, Sealer's contract. Um, you're going to have to um, probably redo Tyreek's deal. Um, Javon Holland is making pennies compared to what his market value is, so he's going to have to be addressed. Um, let me look at tell you. Even though it's it's benefited you that he hasn't played this season, because if you would have put up some more ridiculous stats, he would have been way more expensive. But Javon Holland is on the books to make 1.8 five million dollars next year which is absolutely insulting um but that's just the nature of of and he's not even eligible for playing time escalators because he's a second round pick and second round picks do not get playing time escalators which is an absolute crying shame which is explains why in durham smite and durham smite and mike gesicki's final season on their rookie deals Durham Smite made twice as much as Mike Gesicki, even though he was drafted in the fourth round. Did you know that? Yeah, except that Gesicki had had gotten over him with because of the signing bonus he got as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because of the signing bonus. But yeah, as long as, right. only people not eligible for playing time escalators is first and second round picks. Everybody else is eligible. And Durham Smite, because he played more than Mike Gesicki, oh, he banked on, yes, off he his did. playing time escalators. By the way, the franchise projected franchise tag, according to the good folks at over the cap for defensive tackles for 2024 is 19.7 million. That is correct. And that's smack dab against the cap uh, where it would be more beneficial to, for the Dolphins to sign Christian to a long-term contract. Absolutely. Now, is Christian going to be friendly to sign to a long-term contract? Hmm. Now you're going to have to pay him. Now you're going to have to make him the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. You are. I don't think he. I don't. I don't think in good conscience he can ask for Aaron Donald money. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, let me remove that. The okay. the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL of all the peers that just got their new. Oh, oh no, correct. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like before you were haggling because you didn't. You didn't want to do it. Now you have absolutely no choice but to do it. Because he gave you no choice. The guy that and this is like. I mean, props to Christian Wilkins for like. Absolutely. He shut everybody up, and that includes me and you. Yep. And by the way, don't put me on the crosshairs because I was not. And in fact, I'm the one who suggested like that signing 
two or two contract extension next year lowers probably would lower the cap his cap number with some work from Brandon Shore, who again is going to earn he's going to earn a salary in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Kevin has says X only has two interceptions in two years. What happened? Also poop, but some respect on Baker's name. Put some respect on Baker's name. What'd you do with Baker? What'd you do? With ba- uh, oh, oh, I know what you did. Early this week, you said that Duke Riley was just as good as Jerome Baker. Very little drop off. I said, yeah, and I, I you you made you put it at at eighty percent. I put it at ninety percent. Kevin, you have an issue with the way Duke has played. Do you think there's been a major drop off in that position? And by all means, feel free to reply in the comments. Do you do you honestly have you honestly seen a drop off in performance at that exact position? Everybody, from- everybody plays well. They work in concert. Duke is a great communicator. No, put it put it back up. Put it back up. Put it back up. Um, because I don't think we've addressed the X question. Huh. Um, and it's also hold on one quick and one one quick one last thing about Bacon Riley. Kevin, there's also possible that Baker also was a quicker starter in his NFL career, and then Duke maybe is a late late bloomer, which explains why he started only 32 out of 105 games. But again, please answer my my question. Honestly, have you noticed any kind of drop-off in the play at that position from Bake to Duke? And then, Omar, go ahead and let's tackle X. Um, I am actually going to be looking up. I need you to filibuster for a minute because I'm going to look up what Xavier Howard's opposition's passer rating is. It's in the seven, it used to it used to be in the seventies. I don't know if it, if it if it got up. Uh, what has happened? I don't think. Well, number one, I don't know that he's got that many targets against him, uh, and they're playing zone, which is not as conducive to getting picks as playing man for a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing. He's also battled injuries the last two years. I mean, last year he played hurt the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's got an effect on it, uh, and and with a combination of the injuries, and he's getting a little bit older for a cornerback. He's not. Let's not. How dare him. you? Or poop? Well, he's not exactly played at quite the same level as he did in twenty and twenty twenty one. That's a fact. Uh, but okay. it's not pure as simple. It's not a, as simple as well. Only two picks the last two years, so this play has dramatically dropped off. No, I don't think his play has dramatically dropped off. He wasn't great last year, but again, he was dealing with groin issues the whole year. I'm so disappointed that I can't friggin' find. Hey, you filibuster and I'll find it for you. You want his, his passer rating against? Yeah, passer rating yeah. against this season. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Go ahead, talk, talk to Kevin. And yeah, it, it X is one. X is playing in a new scheme. Um, and he's never played in the zone before. There's there's a growing process to it. X is learning how to play in the zone, um, which is going to make him more versatile on the market. So he, he's thankful for that. Um, two, he's not exactly getting a ton of targets. Um, as you know, if you're basically playing the Miami Dolphins, you're attacking Cater Kohu. Um, on some of the plays that he's gotten beat, they're – in some PI situations. And, you know, it is what it is. DeAndre Hopkins has earned the right to push off. 
These are these are. Drag or grab his arm and then drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the NFL, there's no and cornerbacks know this. The NFL is a very biased game. They don't care about defensive players. It's it's offense sells tickets and makes us a a, a sixteen billion dollar business. Nobody cares about the defenders. They're they're basically the drapes in this in this backdrop of scenery. Um, So. And X has got a thumb issue where he's basically wearing a brace um, during the week and doesn't necessarily and doesn't play with it during the game. But, you know, these things happen. Um, X is still a pretty damn good cornerback, in my opinion, and probably one of the best ball hawks that I've ever seen in my career. Um, uh, I just don't think he's getting that many opportunities this year in this defense, but they're, they are the cornerbacks are also part of the reason the Dolphins team with two games left to play has already set a franchise record for sacks. Um, they have 52 on the season. They're second in the NFL only to the Baltimore Ravens. And a lot of that is because the cornerbacks are usually draped and quarterbacks are terrified to throw the ball. Um, so they hold on to it too long. And then it allows guys like Sealer and, and Christian and Zach and Gink and, and um, J- uh, and and, and Jalen Phillips to to get after the quarterback, and they do this without blitzing. So, pr- kudos to them. Um, so that addresses what's going on there. Okay. So to answer your question, Omar, uh, X's opponent passer rating when targeted is eighty on the nose. Okay. Uh, which actually is pretty good. Yes. Uh, last year was one hundred one, which is not good. But again, he played last year, even when he was selected to the Pro Bowl because of his name he himself even actually i asked him what he felt about it and he told me he was he wasn't happy about it because he didn't feel like he had a pro bowl year uh and if you want to know where that ranks uh our good friends at pro football reference list 270 defensive ends sorry dbs with the uh opponent passer rating when targeted and x stands at 59th so Okay. Have a lot, a lot of a lot of players behind him. And by the way, interesting, the game on Sunday will feature the top two in that statistic statistical category. Jalen Ramsey's first, thirty-seven point five, and second is Kyle Hamil- Hamilton of the Ravens at thirty-eight point four. That's not even fair because a safety. How often does a safety get just a one-on-one assignment? Come on, man. correct. And then and again with as with everything with advanced stats, this is. This is opponent passer rating allowed when targeted. Somebody has to decide that you're the guy who's targeted, which sometimes is very clear to see. Other times it's not as clear. And very subjective. Um, Correct, which is why we take that uh, as part of the evaluation process. And then to me, it's still, what do our eyes tell us? Mm-hmm. Um, Acknowledgement to Kyle. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Right. Uh, what is this one? Um, Riley is better than Baker. Cut him. Pay Wilkins. Duke. Okay. Oh, Kevin's not going to be happy about that one. Kevin and Mattel um, have a chat or debate or talk. Or I, I, I listen. They're going to make their decisions. They're going to do what they need to do in order to get the numbers right. I think Duke. I mean, Jerome knows his situation. Um, They'll figure it out. They'll, they'll, everybody will figure it out. Jerome has been a starter every year of his NFL career. Whether he's with the Dolphins or not, he's going to continue to be a starter every year of his, of every year of his career. Hopefully, he comes back. Um, 
two players I saw in the locker room yesterday, and this is news for you. Guess who I saw in the locker room yesterday? Isaiah Wynn. Damn, did I tell you already? Nope. Oh, somebody tweeted. Somebody nope. tweeted. Educated guess. Because I didn't. I didn't tweet it out. I saved it just for you. It's an educated guess on my part. How about that? Yeah, Isaiah Wynn. I was like, damn, Isaiah Wynn. It's like seeing a ghost. And and, and players in the locker room were like, yeah, bro, where you been? Um, so Isaiah Wynn was there. You know, but Duke Riley was also there. Not Duke Riley. Uh, Jerome Baker's hey. also there. That, yeah, I, saw, I saw him the other day and looked looked perfectly fine. Yeah, he, he's he's they're both working their way back. I think that it's definite. I mean, could you imagine if Isaiah Wynn could actually come back to this team? I'm not even throwing then, that out there. That means then that means no bake. So Kevin's going to be very unhappy with you. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. Okay, if we're if we're gonna like, I know he did just didn't magically show up for no reason you understand what i'm saying so what's supposed he showed up to show him the 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 rehab the repair the work i've done the shape i'm in i'm ready to come back what suppose hypothetically that's why isaiah win was there and then you're faced with this tough decision do we bring back jerome or do we bring back isaiah because you're damn sure to have a bigger need for isaiah than you have for jerome Tough decision, right? Again, all things being equal and all pl both players completely clearing medical checks, you're good to go. You can come back the way you were. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure Isaiah Wynn wouldn't be more valuable at this point. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, no. I And that's what the thought came in my mind. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't know that before I went in the locker room, so I didn't ask Mike McDaniel, but – what if Isaiah Wynn is here to show them, yo, I'm ready. And you're faced with that decision of Jerome or Isaiah. Mm -hmm. I was, the way Duke is playing, I'm not even going to lie. I was just like, I was thinking to myself like, hmm. Because you are on fumes on that offensive line. You have no more backups. No, you've been, you just got a lot of guys playing hurt too. Robert Booz, or Boos, thanks for the contribution. Fellow media thought, who is the best NFL journalist, who is the worst, TV and or written, love the show. Thanks, Cowherd sucks. <laughs> Cowherd doesn't suck because you're talking right. about him and you've talked about him all week. And he does this to every single market. And every single market, it's like, oh, my God. People, you, you, I've said this on this podcast before. Um, Sid Rosenberg was the one who taught me. I was having a tough week or something. I think that might have been the time when I said that on radio that Tom Brady was better than Dan Marino. And oh, did that. You said that in my in, in Miami? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that went over well. Yes, yes, yes. It was a hornet's nest. And I and I statistically provided the evidence. It was a hornet's nest that lasted for quite a while and i still i don't back down from that take and even dan marino has said it um he said tom brady has had a better career than me um well once you yeah once you phrase it like that is that the same thing as saying he's a better player though the way marino said it like like really dive in dive into the statement okay. of course he had a better career he won seven super bowls okay we're not gonna dance we're not gonna do this dance 
Um, it's, oh, it's a it's a lose lose battle right there. Yeah, it was absolutely. And 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 um, Sid Rosenberg told me the best thing that you could do is the worst thing is to be irrelevant. The best thing you could do is stir it up because or have haters because you know what your haters listen twice as much as the people who absolutely love you. And I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, and it's true. I wouldn't You're, know. I wouldn't know anything about having haters personally. So, I'll have okay. to take. I'll have to take your word for it. Why? Why do you think we have ten thousand people watching our podcast every week? They're all not fans of yours. What? <laughs> it's, not, it's not everybody who loves me. Yeah, nah. I, 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 to anon is that they're they're anxiously awaiting to hear what you have to say every day. They come here after a three hundred yard performance from Tua, a fourth quarter win, and they're like, "What is Poupard going to say?" No, no, it's more like, is this the day? Is this the day he finally admits his love for Tua? Is this the day? <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, no. um, I will say the king, and I, I and I always say this, and anytime I see him, I bow down to him. The king of South, of, of sports media is Peter King. That is the there's a reason he's the king. And good nobody choice. touches him. It's a very good choice. Um It's a very, very good choice. And yeah, written. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've also, while he filibusters, while he makes his decision. And, and yeah, I did. There's so many. I need a list in front of me because I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, uh, I am. I'm I'm a big Dan Lebetard fan. We haven't seen the written word from Dan Lebetard in God knows how long. Maybe it's been a decade. Um, but I grew up on Dan Lebetard. I think he's phenomenal at what he does, how he turns phrases. Um, you know, he's he's a genius. He's brilliant. I'm also a big fan of Ethan Skolnick's work when he was a writer. Um, Ethan absolutely was able to turn a phrase that 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 I admired. Um, uh, in my media contingent, in the immediate media contingent, I can honestly tell you, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be here if I didn't like you, respect you, admire. I just sat here and said I cheated off you every year on it's your playoff presentations. Huh? It's a joke. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Hal Habib. Um, excellent writer. Excellent writer. Love Hal's questions. I love when he gets a Hal from Tua. Um, it, it's, it's, it, 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 you know, Hal asks questions just absolutely probes people. So um, that's who, and I've trained and, and groomed so many other young writers from Safid to um, David. To, so, I'm I'm a big fan of their work. I'm I'm always on David about about his grind and 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 I tell him take no back seats to Joe Shad. I want you winning that Twitter war every single week. Engagement, um, baby. Engagement. So can I chime in here? Let me chime in. Yeah. Uh, a couple of thoughts. Completely agree with Lebetard. And to me, the thing with Lebetard that stands out, best interviewer I've seen in my years of watching sports journalism. Bar none, I'm not sure there's a close second. He is a fabulous interviewer. Jim Rohn um, good, though. Who? Jim Rohn. Interviewing. Yeah, no, no. No. Sorry, okay. no. Um, since, I, I, since I like nuggets and informational tidbits and all that, and I oh, told you this before, I'm a big Barry guy. Uh, him and I are like simpatico. I mean, we're like, we, we're interested in this, in kind of the same the stuff. Minutia. 
the minutia, like like the fifteenth guy on the practice squad, his background and what 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 he did before in his career. Uh, and I like his question. He's very probing in terms of getting information. Major hat tip to Barry there. Hal Hal Habib was a terrific writer. I like your former Sun Sentinel colleague Dave Hyde, also yeah. a great yeah. writer as well. How did I forget Dave? Uh, nationally. And 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 I, I I'm with you on my. I don't think Colin Coward sucks at all. He's actually very engaging. The the times I have issue with are guys who are not specifically NFL journalists who talk NFL without having the knowledge. <coughs> Stephen A. Smith. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, there, are lot, there are a lot of times, and there were a couple of years ago where he was talking about a Chiefs linebacker who had underperformed all year. This was like in November, December, and the guy had been on, on IR the entire season. And that to me, like that, completely lost me. Um, so the guys who have a take for having a take, um, you it's know, hard to have a take now. Sorry, it's hard to have a take now. No, no, but I'm correct. But I'm saying if you're not knowledgeable about the facts, you know, who's very good, also Jason McCordy, former Dolphin DB, who's on Good Morning Football, very, very good. I like him. Um, what no, the one thing I don't like about that show is when Kyle Brand does his angry runs. Some of you guys might like it to me, it's like. I, like I, need, I need a quiet room after he's done because like, like, dude, simmer down. I, I mean, lay off the coffee already. It's I mean, runs. It's for the TV. I, and I understand that. But to me, it's like I actually turn off that segment. But yeah. folks I like can't it. watch that show. So, yeah. But I, I, I don't want to rag on other journalists like that because we're all we're you know, we're trying to do our best. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> scrolling. Marcus, our friend Marcus. When you guys had, had your hoodies up, you both look like you finally joined Two Anon. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, so, and Shadowy, it's got to be Shadowy too, right? Hold on, let me let me very do it very Shadowy. Damn, I have to get my yeah. You know, and the catch and, and the catchphrase expect us. Ex oh yeah, we gotta both say expect us. Yeah, hold on, let me. You got to take Marcus down. Like, the what? You got to take Marcus's comment down. Oh, okay, here we go. Hold on. So they here can see go. the fully look. And I got to go, expect us. Expect us. Have to have fun with it, right? Oh, oh, oh. Tuanon is coming. This is their moment. They've been waiting for this. Absolutely. And hopefully the dude delivers and they can have, you know. Absolutely. See, look. And again. Tua for MVP. Okay. They're within the grasp. Dan, gang, for everybody. So it's kind of about the Miami Dolphins more than about one player, is it not? Uh, yeah. Am I wrong? One player can win MVP. Sorry? But one player can win MVP. Tyreek absolutely can win MVP. Uh, <laughs> my and yes, yes, Tua. In fact, as I wrote, uh, yes, Tua. Take that down. Tua is in the mix as well. Absolutely. Uh, Again, Tyreek is in the mix as well. In fact, um, Tyreek already told you he can't win before he got so hurt. You're gonna go there again because because Tyreek said that the MVP is two or that that goes. That's it. Everybody's gonna come on, man. Uh, oh, like, listen, <laughs> you're right. I didn't say he's coming back on the 53. Be careful, also, there might be children on the show. Oh, yeah. No, I don't believe in Santa. And I don't even teach my kids about Santa. Okay. 
Carlos, thanks very much for the contribution. What's the story on Smith? We could have had Laporta. Yeah, Laporta would look good. Uh, but he wouldn't have the same numbers as he's having in Detroit. Mm. But the dude can play, and he was somebody that was mentioned as well. Um, so Omar no story other than Vic Fangio doesn't trust Cam Smith. And Cam Smith practices against Tyreek Hill every single day and takes that Tyreek Hill butt whooping every single day. And, and the gauge to see whether the, the, and, the and hopefully uh, hopefully it makes him a better player down the road. Yeah, because right. good God, yeah. Oh, Tyreek Hill's not exactly an easy assignment for a cornerback. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, no. I, hey, hopefully it makes him a better player. Oh, by the way, can I correct you, uh, Carlos? I hate to do this to you, but no, the Dolphins could not have had Laporta. Sam Laporta because Sam Laporta was picked thirty fourth, and the Dolphins didn't pick until fifty. 51, sorry. What's the name of that tight end that uh, from Georgia? Darnell I... Washington. who was picked in the third round by the Steelers. Did he play? He has played. I think he was completely lighting it up in camp, and I think has been very, very quiet in the season as I look at his numbers. So, yeah. no, the Dolphins could not, could not have had Sam Laporta unless they traded up. Oh, wow. He plays for the Steelers. He's played in. Oh, no. He's got seven catches a whole year. Yeah. Interesting. Um, wow. Okay. Seven catches the whole year. Mm. How many offensive snaps? Let me look it that up. Okay. He's damn. He's played 427 offensive snaps. Yeah, but out of how many? Uh, 16 times six, 15 times. That's 800 snaps. How many has he yeah, played? He's four, it's 400. He started six games. He's 427. He started. He started six games this year. Well, okay. he's just not heavily targeted. But that guy looked like right. that guy would look like a mauler as a blocker. Goodness All gracious! Right. Yeah, he no. He's like an extra offensive lineman almost. Ryan Laporta, you related to Sam? La- no, it's not Laporta. Sorry. Uh, thanks for the contribution. Omar has always put his personality out there on Twitter. I've enjoyed getting to know Poop's personality during these podcasts this year. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Um, um, is this true? Ravens won. Yes. No. yes. Are you serious? I saw that today. And are you serious? Yeah. Ouch. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. After that video, I saw how to me that's a disqualifier. Oh. Automatically, I I don't get that one at all. Oh. I mean, at all. And I don't wow. know if they're getting any pushback because of it, but they should. Am I wrong? Um, I think that there's room for people to have growth in their life. And I don't know the work that Ray Rice has done within the last 10 decades. And I'd hate for my decision that I made 10 years ago to impact how people view me. So I'm going to not make an opinion, have an opinion about that, except for to say that uh, they must really have confidence that this isn't going to blow up in their face. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, okay, we have breaking news. Breaking news that I've just confirmed. Breaking news. Ding, 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 ding. Dolphins have elevated Melvin Ingram from the Ooh. practice squad for the game tomorrow. It's the only move we have. It's his final elevation. Nope. He's No, he's got been elevated. This is his third elevation. Nope. How many more has he got? Oh, they put no. him on the 53? No. He's got one more elevation. Really? Okay. 
if you say so, hold on. Let me let me look it up, dude. I'm serious. Huh? Um, okay. I trust you. Yeah, I, I, I'm all about growth and all that, but to me, I'm I'm sorry that that video I saw that that's not that's not. Yeah, I I I, I can't. I have. And again, I'm not I'm not saying to chastise him and all that, but it's it's a there's a difference between like honoring the guy, having a day and like a tribute to the guy. I mean, I don't know. Uh, as- Justin says your gut feeling on Kyle Hamilton plays tomorrow and Zay Flowers uh, stakes with the biggest. This is a game with the biggest stakes in the season. You plays they play all of them play. I think Kyle Hamilton plays, but. Maybe not every snap as he normally would. (coughs) Terrence, do you think Richmond Webb will ever get in the hall? Do you think Fred Taylor gets in this year? I don't think Fred Taylor gets in this year. Um, I think he will eventually get in. Think about how um, uh, uh, what's his what's the offensive lineman name that from Jacksonville that just got in? Look how long it took Tony Baselli. Um, Jacksonville is just not that franchise that you have to really pay homage and respect to, but they deserve people in their hall of fame. Um, I don't think Richmond Webb gets in maybe in the legends. And well, Bob Kuchenberg would get him before he would, I think, uh, I find it a little bit to me that where, where I'm pessimistic about Richmond's chances is the fact he wasn't even a semifinalist this year. I mean, forget finalist. He wasn't even a semifinalist. Uh, so it happens. Um, yep. um, what's the question here? Who won the first MVP with the Dolphins? I'm not sure I understand the question. Uh, have the Dolphins ever had an NFL MVP before? Well, Marino in '84, Bob Greasy was one. I don't know if he was NFL MVP or, or from one of the press agencies. Uh, in 1977, Earl Morrill won some kind of award like that in 72, but I don't know if he was the MVP. So, But definitely Dan Marino in 84. I don't know if he was the first or not. That mm-hmm. And this is one just for you, Omar, from Mob Rule, Josh Allen equals a trash can. Really? Josh Allen's your daddy. Really, I'm um, this, one, this one's just for you. Poopart, give Miami credit for anything impossible challenge. That's not fair. That's not true. Tell me, you tell me you're not paying attention, and you haven't heard all the podcasts without telling me you're not paying attention or haven't heard all the podcasts. Maybe I don't give the credit that you want me to give every single time, but please don't don't come at me with that garbage, please. That's a trash can, right? That's a trash can comment, but okay. Um Let's okay. My film review of the O line. We're not there yet. We we we're not at that point yet. Yeah, Ma- <clears throat> and Mob Rule, you're doing a hell of a job of getting yourself ignored. So, um, Kane's Kane's ninety nine five four. If he says, can we stop rehashing the same tired arguments? People think we fabricate our arguments. They're they're legitimate beefs that we have with one another. That don't end. And they will never end until you admit I'm right. Sorry. 
Kyle, do you think McDaniel is being less conservative with injuries now that they're in quote unquote elimination games? No, because he's focused on playoffs and having guys available for the playoffs. I think you you've rested Javon Holland for a month trying to get those knees right. Um, you let him test it out now. If if he suffers a setback, you shut him down. You don't play him against Buffalo, and you hope that he's healthy enough to play in the first in the in in the playoffs. But um, no, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna jeopardize anybody's health. Guy, guy can play, or he can't play. I mean, it's not. I, I don't. I don't think there's ever been a case of, oh yeah, he could play, but we're playing a team we should beat. Let's hold him out for. I I, I don't. I don't think that it operates like that. <sighs> I know another one from Noel here. This is a game where I believe you have to stop the run at all costs. I like our chances if Lamar has to be you know, strictly with his arm. Good strength with as accuracy accuracy issues at times. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. don't let him run all over you. Yeah, but that does that not apply to that in every single game. And I, I would be careful about going overboard with this. Yes, the accuracy can be spotty every once in a while. He also I think he's taken way too many shots about his work as a passer. Phil's locker room, Melvin Ingram is the only player elevated. Yep. We just confirmed that. Thanks. Um, so hold on, we're not elevating um Mascara. Interesting. I got game New Jersey. Do you guys know what the rules are with respect to IR during the playoffs? I already addressed that. I will be glad to do it again. The limit of eight players who can be designated to return which is an effect in the regular season continues in the playoffs. You do not get extra designations for the playoffs. So it's still eight. The Dolphins still have one move remaining um, no matter how far they get into the playoffs. And it could be Jerome Baker. It could be Isaiah Wynn. If we can, we stopped talking about Eric Azucama, which, uh, and in I fact, haven't, I haven't thought of him in a month. Yeah, I know. And then I, I saw his name on the injury on the, like on injured reserve. Cause I was looking at the roster yesterday or something. And it's like, Man, talk about I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen him in a while, too. He used to be always in the locker room. Um, Noel B points out that my trigger words are finesse, bubble screens, Bridgewater, and neck pain. I don't have a problem with Bridgewater. That's Poupard's trigger word, or actually what triggers Poupard. Um, no, and, no, that's two anon's trigger word. Uh, bubble, screen, bubble screens don't bother me. They work sometimes. Um, but neck pain, yes. If you'd say neck pain. I'm going to go like this because uh, my neck, I've always had neck issues and shoulder issues. So, Mateo, do you see Claypool getting many reps tomorrow? No. And Pretty Boy says Debo Samuel's nickname is after Debo. He said that this year, and I'll take your word for it. I'm, I'm not, not doubting you. Uh Oh, Costa Nostra. Richard, haven't heard from you in a while. Hello, Richard. Hello, Richard. Yes. Um, How much of an impact has Coach Spo had on McDaniel? McDaniel says it's been a tremendous impact. Um, they talk coaching. They talk mindsets. They talk mantra. They talk personnel. Um, they they they're they're Philosophy. buds now, huh? Philosophy. Philosophy. They're they are absolute buds now. Um. So they they bounce that that that's somebody he can confide in and go to when he's got an issue or a problem. And they're both similar, like 
lower profile guys. We already had that one, Omar. Okay. Uh, lower profile guys when they got their head coaching position, very smart guys and both very successful. JT, great content, guys. Respect the takes and the fact that you're both real and not homers. Ignore some of these fools on here and keep after it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Wes Welker could be our OC if oh hold on. What's, oh, what, what, what? Wes Welker could be our OC. Bernard says Wes Welker could be our OC if Frank Smith leaves. I think that's gonna be your quarterback coach. Can't remember his name now. Yeah, Bevel, yeah, Bevel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's an excellent call. Excellent call, Omar. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no, 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 no. Yep. Corso, thank you very much. Since we already have a playoff berth, why not send rest players? Do we need the number one seed? And is it realistic at this point? Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, absolutely. You the Dolphins' goal has been to have everybody come through to Hard Rock Stadium. You want to get to the Super Bowl? Come through us. And um, I'm pretty sure you guys realize why they're so confident about that. It's because they play a different style of ball at home than they do on the road. Okay. I like these rule clarification questions. Uh, 6193 SNF Omar Allen is a third emergency quarterback considered a practice squad QB. If so, can any team take him? Uh, no. The In fact, the rule specifically states that the Third emergency quarterback to be able to play has to be on the active roster. So Skylar Thompson's been on the 53 the entire year. If you're not in the 53, you cannot serve as the third emergency QB. That's part of the rules. Uh, everybody listen to JC Malone. Why did you just take that off? Because it's, it's funny. Who says, click, uh, he clicked the like button, people. Thank you. We like, thank you for liking our work and our product. It helps us with the algorithm. Helps us with advertising and and drive more money to us, which we kind of like since that's how we support ourselves. <coughs> um, poop, you look like Kenny from South Park with the hoodie. Okay, that's funny. I like that. Used to love uh, that show. I haven't watched it in a while, but I used to love that show. What What's the game plan on beating the Ravens team? I would say Four more points than they do. Be physical. Don't turn the ball over. Play at least to a draw at the line of scrimmage. How's that? Let your skill position players win the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is Richard Keys. Joe Auer won the first MVP with the Dolphins 1966. The way the question was phrased, I don't know if you want the person wanted the first Dolphin MVP or the first Dolphin to win NFL MVP. Yes, Joe Auer was the kid from Coral Gables who returned the opening kickoff in franchise history for a touchdown. Sean Brown, what three things must happen tomorrow for the Finns to win? Don't turn the ball over. Score touchdowns. Protect Tua. Okay. Sold. No, that's... What? 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 Okay. Uh, Mr. J says, I've been a Dolphins fan for 32 years. No, Ross doesn't want this more than I do. Don't say stupid S-H-I-T, Omar. Are you absolutely kidding me? Do you realize what checks this man has written over the years for this franchise and to improve the product and to win the offseason every year and to deliver the biggest trades? Come on, man. Like, seriously? He cares way more than you do. 
And, and this is a guy who's had major, major success in the real estate world. And as an owner, not so much. And if you don't think that that ego of his and pride in wanting to be to be able to say my team won a Super Bowl. I remember one time I was asking him about, you know, his disappointment and his struggles. I don't know what era this is. Um, it was for a column I was doing. And I believe the column was basically this guy doesn't know how to hire people. Um because that's really been his biggest issue. He doesn't know how to hire people and doesn't and stays with people too long. And he said, listen, if this was any other realm of the world and business where there was no salary cap and I couldn't just go poach out, poach the best talent, like I would have done it. He's like, in, in my industry, you want Tom Brady, you just go get Tom Brady. And well, <laughs> clearly he tried later on. This is years before he tried. Um, he's like, in my industry, you want Tom Brady, you go get Tom Brady and you can't do that in the NFL. So it's, 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 it's a challenge. It's a tremendous challenge. Um, you gotta play by their rules and what a baseball team. Yep. What's that? Matthew, Matthew lean. Thank you very much. Love the show with a win and big performance on Sunday. Does that get two of the MVP? As a, and trust me, Omar is not bored by your question. Omar loves your question. Uh, to me, it's not as simple as, as this, this Sunday. Um, it, it would need to, to play out if Tua has two big performances Sunday and against Buffalo and the Dolphins clinch a number one seed. Then let's revisit it, see how Tyreek did in those two games. Because, yes, to me, I always, even though Omar is completely sideswiping the possibility of Tyreek winning MVP. I say it's a possibility. Let's come back for the, for one of those two Dolphin players to win MVP. Get the number one seed. Let's see who how who plays how in those two games, and then we'll, let's revisit. But not just to win Sunday is not, doesn't make it an automatic. Okay. Anything to add, Omar? No, I was just reading the guy's comments who said I need to be a speech pathologist because I stutter a lot. Okay, thanks. Toby, what up, Toby? How's A. Schwartz been looking on the practice squad, bringing him up? Could feel speed voice of Waddle. Not sure if he plays special teams, though. Head nod to you both. Omar, Omar is not a fan. Omar is not a fan. I don't, I don't like guys who um, – um, Curtis Johnson, who is a very infamous University of Miami receiver, if you, if you look up – who he's coached throughout his career. He spent a long time with the New Orleans Saints um, as the receiver coach for Sean Payton. He used to have an infamous saying that the, that I believe in, which is a receiver's number one job is to catch the ball. And he better have good hands if he's going to do that. Otherwise, he should be a cornerback. And if you can't catch the ball cleanly, you shouldn't be a receiver. Well, Anthony Schwartz should not be a receiver. Okay, in the, in the category of missing the point, William, them sucky Broncos beat the big bad Bills. They were not the same team they were in week three, missing the point. All right, all right, all right. I don't want to hear. Matthew McConaughey hear. agreeing with me here. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, ouch, that, that hurts. That hurts. Omar is eloquent next to Pupar and his ghoulish features. What are my ghoulish features? I think, you're quite, I think you're a quite handsome man. So don't, don't let them don't let them get to you. 
Um, Troy, what is Brooks' status? Brooks plays and he plays special teams. He was activated last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, and as I warned many last week, I know there was a lot of fan talk of like, yeah, that's our short yardage guy. Come on, Brooks needs to get the ball. No. Yeah, they're not there with him. No. Um, they they got a lot of things and short yardage guys, Jeff Wilson, if if they're gonna actually do it. Correct. Thank you, Marcus. Love your channel, guys. Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year to you as well. And I know one way it could be a very happy new year, actually. I'm like, I'm so puzzled why people would come here. And and this is just like the the total illustration of what social media is like. You would why would you come here and watch the show for 90 minutes and be a total douchebag in the comment section? I must have missed something. Like, I don't get it, but you'll have to tell me after we're done because there's no need to certainly no need to glorify it here. Yeah, Omar, day count. I'm sorry, my bad. Take it, no, put no, yours no, up. You, got, you can, you can, have day count of Charles C. respect, respect, CC for life. Um, uh, well, with Melvin Ingram, the only player elevated, does that mean Rob Hunt, Javon Holland, Austin Jackson good to go? Are we sure he's the only player elevated? Yes, yes, yeah, literally just dude, they sent out the relief before yes. they okay, yes. damn. Yes. Wow. Um, I don't know if I would make that uh, con- conclusion because they do have an awful lot of offensive linemen on the roster. And last week they elevated Ingram and Ethan Bonner and Javon Holland didn't play and Rob Hunt didn't play and Austin Jackson was active but didn't play. So, yeah. Let's say it's possibly, I, I don't know that I would say that this means that mm, okay um hide okay wow i i liked i'm i'm catching up on did you did you address all the all the um starred comments because let's make sure we don't leave it right that's what i'm doing right now okay sean brown again thanks sean more pressure tomorrow o-line or d-line o-line always baby you you agree no no i do agree <laughs> And and part of it, part of it is again. I have a lot with. To me, the, the Dolphin D line is. I mean, it's. They're the bullies. Guy. Yeah. I mean, those two guys. I, I I am. Like wow. By the way, for those who complain and never give credit, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, damn, have they been good? How's that for mm-hmm. credit? Is that enough credit? I was talking to Zach yesterday or this week about you know because. I, I generally like to tell people, especially the guys I like, like some of the accomplishments that they've achieved. And I told Zach that, hey, you know, you guys have set a franchise record for sacks. And he's like, really? Word? And, he, and then I was like, yeah, and you got two more games to go. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're don't tell, you know, he's like, he's like, we're not done yet. And I was just like, that's, that's my attitude. That's, that's what I like to hear. And, you know, he's like, see you in two weeks. And I was like, dope. Mark, thanks for the contribution. Armando, did Ross get him excommunicated from that article, Me Things, get him on your pod? Uh, first off, I don't know. No. Um, what are you talking Armando, about? Armando Salguero, uh, who I believe now lives in Orlando, writes for Outkick.com. And don't hold your breath on him appearing on, on our pod. What? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Okay. I like, I didn't, I'm just catching up to what this is about. Like, go ahead. 
No, did Ross? Well, no, I don't know what article you're talking about. I mean, he he left, uh, went from the Miami Herald to yeah, he went straight from the Miami Herald to work for Outkick.com, and I, like I said, I believe he moved to Orlando. He's like national writer now, so um, I don't know. We may we may we may have guests during the off season. To we have no to, idea. You, you guys decide what we do in the off season. Um, yeah. I have no idea what we'll do in the offseason. They'll decide. Exactly. We'll do something. Um, ignore the idiots. Y'all are great. Okay. Uh, with Melvin Ingram, the only player elevated, do you, does it mean Rob Hunt, Austin, Austin Jackson, go, good to go? And they're going to go. They're going to play. Okay. Mark said it was about Flores, Tua, Ross, et cetera. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, no, no, he – he did not get booted out of town or booted off the beat. That was. His... I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but then I, I haven't read Armando in years. Right. Uh, okay. Love the show, folks. We thank you for everybody who says that they love the show. Um, we're, we're hopefully we we've addressed every single question, especially from the start. Um, we've done. All right. I'm doing a final look through here as we, as we sign off. Yeah, we've we've done this show for a hundred minutes, and we we definitely appreciate everybody who joined, everybody who listened. Um, hopefully, you'll be back after the game. We'll be here live right after the game. Um, I've already got some columns up. Poupard's got some some stories up. Um, we will give you consistent breakdowns of your Miami Dolphins at alldolphins.com, which you can find right here. Um, and we will see you immediately after the game later today. I will be on WQAM, not later today, later tomorrow, um, bringing in the new year as well. And I'll also be doing WQAM's pregame show tomorrow. So look forward to that. And Poupard. Your obligatory hat tip. Thanks, everyone. All right. We'll see you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.